Dr. Peter Uni is an epidemiologist and scientific director of the Ontario COVID-19 Science Advisory Table. You've heard him on the show uh, several times. We've referenced things he's talked about. Uh, before we get into the topic of plexiglass with him as a possible problem, I wanted to invite him onto the show and talk about something that's making headlines around the globe. Welcome to the program, Dr. Uni. Great to have you back. Good morning. So yesterday, South Africa's health minister announced the discovery of a new coronavirus uh, variant, and it appears to be spreading quite rapidly in parts of the country. Uh, What do you know about this, if anything, and and should we be concerned right now? Yeah, it's actually not great news, honestly. You know, when I first heard it, this was really a matter of hours. I said, okay, let's wait and see. Uh, Let's not be overly concerned yet. The challenge is the data we then just got, you know, with some markers that uh, point towards the spreading of it, really show it has a it has a clear competitive advantage over the Delta variant that we're struggling with right now, uh, and it's uh, clearly just spreading much more rapidly than Delta and is taking over in South Africa and it already also went to other places. So this will be a challenge, unfortunately. Yeah, I was reading that the mutations, the number of mutations in the spike protein is uh, more than 30, around 32. That doubles the Delta's uh, variants or mutations rather in that spike protein. Can you talk about why that's worrisome? So we we have different aspects here. You know, we have various um, mutations in this in this variant that either affect transmissibility or uh, the, the um, possibility of the virus to latch onto cells or the possibility of the virus to evade the immune system, be it, you know, after infection or after the vaccination. And the challenge is that all these mutations, how they accumulate, they really don't look exciting. Basically, the virus is uh, addressing uh, all of these aspects and they uh, could become fitter compared with Delta. And that's probably what has happened. And that, that that's what gives him this uh, combination of advantages over Delta now. So are you saying that the immune system might have a harder time recognizing uh, this uh, variation? Yeah. So, you know, we we uh, are already discussing that, you know, the, the, the level of antibodies needed to neutralize the virus um, with Delta is higher than it was before, meaning, you know, what we see is that we have a little bit less effectiveness of the of the vaccine against infection now, and there will also be a bit of waning. And now all of this could actually just be a bit more challenging. We need to await all the lab studies, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we now have this uh, this new variant, it's, it's a really an issue. The point now is, you know, we don't know anything about uh, whether this will be associated with an increased risk of severe outcomes like hospitalizations or so. We need to wait. We don't know yet how this all really will look also in the lab. But right now, what we know, it is concerning and it just supports the notion that we really need to have good board control, you know, and really early on, this is right now, if we start to see this variant in the province or in the country, it might already be too late. Mm -hmm. So we need to do something relatively swiftly now. Yeah, something like uh, the UK's done banning flights from six African countries is that is that something that Canada should be really getting a move on? 
Yeah, well, you know, the point is we need to understand also where this is. So one of the most important parts, first of all, is just to be really consistent with our border control. Okay, only fully vaccinated people and we need to have at least one negative test. That's a good start. Then there will be some countries, most likely, where uh, one needs to be even more stringent, you know. So right now we don't have, if I understand that correctly, direct, direct flights from South Africa. But, you know, the point is the virus already found its way to other places we already have it in israel for example as well and uh, we just need to make sure that we understand now that we can't let go of any border control whatsoever how we come in we need one negative test at the very minimum and for some places where the risk is higher we need to do more probably yeah can i ask you about that negative test is there any way that a mutation could um you know uh, slip by a test is it is it possible that it might not be detectable because it's so new oh absolutely you know we modify the risk we need to be aware of that when if this all gets reconfirmed and to be honest it's relatively likely based on the pattern i've seen you know yesterday with all the data that were presented it's relatively likely that this will be, uh, you know, the next dominating variant, unfortunately. Yeah, um, so we're and, looking uh, at a new name. Yeah, exactly. It will probably be new. Um, uh, I, I haven't heard yet from the WHO yet, but perhaps I've missed that this morning. Mm -hmm. The point, the point really is that, uh, you know, it's, it's about delaying this until it becomes dominant here. That's what this is about. But there is no safe bet here. If you just do, for instance, one test, if this thing, you know, just uh, takes its way through the US, for example, it could happen, you know, somebody travels to the US and subsequently here, it will eventually find its way if it's indeed as transmissible. But we can perhaps avoid that it happens the same way as before with alpha and Delta, that Ontario is a, a one of the first places where we see this be, to become dominant. You know, what we struggle with in Ontario is that we're so connected worldwide because mm -hmm. we're so global. And now if it comes to a pandemic, it's just not a great place to be. There's, there was a struggle with SARS, you know, uh, uh, around the millennium, and it's a struggle again. So this time it would be great if we could keep the thing out of the province and out of the country a bit longer so that we can gain time and make it, you know, more and more after Christmas and then, you know, January, February, March and into spring. That would be the idea. As long delay as possible. We're speaking with Dr. Peter Uni with the Ontario COVID-19 Science Advisory Table. Dr. Uni, I want to talk, touch on something that you uh, were getting headlines for saying yesterday. And this is the fact that you think that people should reconsider using plexiglass in most in most situations. We're heading out to stores for Black Friday mm -hmm. uh, today. A lot of people will be looking to shop. They're going to come in contact with these plexiglass uh, walls. What is the challenge with plexiglass walls and, and why are you changing? Uh, well, I don't know what your what mind was like before, but I imagine that you were, as we learned, you were on side with plexiglass at the beginning. I was never on site with plexiglass. To okay, be very thanks clear. for I, I'm but happy that you clarified that. <laughs> no, no, but the point is, you know, there are indications where plexiglass is fine. You know, let's start with those. That's in situations where you have a, a check-in or check-out counter, you know, coffee shop, uh, fast food restaurant, supermarket, etc. On both sides of a large plexiglass wall, there is good ventilation. Everybody's wearing their masks. We're okay. 
No, that's okay. fine. In many situations, it's basically just an expensive placebo. It doesn't hurt, but it also doesn't do anything. And if anything, you know, it just gives inappropriate reassurance to people. Oh, we have plexiglass and it's fine. And in some situations, it might actually be harmful. And that's a situation, for instance, if you have, you know, if uh, I'm thinking of a restaurant where we, we're getting sushi sometimes, I see these plexiglass walls actually between the tables and they actually just impede the airflow. And that's when it starts to be counterproductive. You also have some schools that they use plexiglass, you know, just little cubicles of plexiglass for each student. That's the stuff that you don't want. So if you have good large plexiglass walls at the counter, that's okay. Both sides of those are uh, well ventilated, fine. But if you start to impede the airflow, it's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. And in many situations, it's basically just pointing towards the wrong thing. We need to focus on ventilation and we need to focus on masking. So it's a problem when there's like when you start to create situations where you've got little boxes of like three walls. Absolutely. Or just, you know, also two walls, you know, just, okay, we have, you have these tables, you know, in the restaurant and between mm -hmm. the tables, you have these walls. They're probably useless, but they also could be harmful if it negatively impacts ventilation. All right. That's good to know. I appreciate that. Do you uh, assume that we'll get some change in, in public health guidance coming down from the province on that? Yeah, I don't know. We will see. It's just important to realize, you know, ventilation and masking, that's the way to go. And with more transmissible variants, it becomes more important. You know, I was going to ask you about uh, your guidance for the holiday season based on the fact that um, yesterday the chief medical officer of health came out and released Ontario's government, uh, Ontario's uh, guidelines for safe holidays. And basically they're uh, echoing what you're just talking about, m keep your masks on, keep your space if you can, and celebrate together cautiously. Is there anything else that you really want to impart on to people as we head into the, the holiday season here, the Christmas season, when people have been, uh, you know, looking forward to actually being able to see their relatives? People are fully vaccinated. Most people are. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I think that's the really important part to start with, you know, just meet with fully vaccinated people. That's one thing. Then we need to be aware of that. We have a challenge with kids um, who will not be uh, fully vaccinated, mostly uh, the smaller kids, 5 to 11. So that's where the rapid tests start to play a role. Also in other situations, you know, you will get a few rapid tests home if you have children. Use them before you meet with other people to, you know, be a bit safer. That's the idea here. Be a bit selective with whom you meet, Really, do you really have to meet with everybody or can you just, you know, we reduce, I call this a bit, you know, uh, your risk budget. You have a budget of risk that you invest over time, you know, in terms of the of the contacts that you're having with other people, you know, how long you spend indoors with other people, with whom do you meet and just be a bit selective. This doesn't mean you have that you have to become a hermit again, not at all, but just be a little bit selective where you mask, where you can do that. Pay attention again to good ventilation. That's also important in private spaces um, and uh, if you go to restaurants etc be selective there again if you see the restaurant is just not well uh, not well ventilated and it's very crowded etc do you really want to go in there it's all of these aspects just use common sense keeping in mind this virus transmits mainly through an airborne way and this means you want to go to places that are really well ventilated not too crowded and you want to wear your mask whenever you can and your mask should be well fitted Dr. Uni, I want to thank you for your time. I think you've given people a, a great opportunity to be selective with Drunk Uncle this year. <laughs> yes, indeed. Have a great day. Thank you very much. You too.
Cheers. Dr. Peter Uni is an epidemiologist and scientific director of Ontario's COVID-19 Science Advisory Table.